You know what <laughs> you would you would really enjoy uh, is if there was a giant Gene Simmons <laughs> just staring at you while you were riding the coaster. That might settle your stomach. Theme parks have that like kind of space needle where you can go to the top and see like a. a or like, what if you turn like a big Ferris wheel? That that yeah. would be that would be. No, all there's right. there's an elevator all the way to the top of Jean's samurai haircut that you can just kind of hang out up there. <laughs> you can rest your head yeah. on my giant side. Yeah, that that I would love. I'm not afraid of heights. It's 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 the drop that 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 bothers me. So yeah, no, I'm totally down. Ride with that. the flicking tongue. <laughs> okay, yeah. now you've demand? gone too. Now you've gone too far. <laughs> my apologies to uh, Gina. Uh, women in general, the concept of, of femininity. <laughs> edit that out somehow of my brain? <laughs> nope, I'm afraid. Uh, everything goes from here to a little bird who engraves it in a stone tablet. So. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, rock and roll time is here. That's right. We're talking about Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. I'm not fucking with you. On Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal Patrick Hamilton coming to you once again from Magic Mountain. This is the Kill by Kill podcast where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. <laughs> oh my God. And we got one for you today as we unpack all the glorious details of Kiss Meet the Phantom of the Park in the hopes that a uh, theme park cop's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes we might make at their expense. And as always, there's only one person I trust, with my secret talisman, the one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? Are you addressing me, demon? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> um, Anthony Zerby is going ham in this particular Oh, he's role. having the time of his life. God bless. <laughs> there are only two people who are having a better time, and that was Peter Chris and Ace Fraley, who spent the majority of the film in their trailer having sex with groupies and doing cocaine. And then when they showed up to set, uh, it didn't matter if they talked well because their voices were dubbed anyways by uh, cartoon <laughs> people uh, because this was made <laughs> by cartoon people. But we will get to that, Gina. I don't want to scare you. Because we are not alone, that's right. We have special guests. Now, you may know them from their podcast, Inside the Idiot Box. And now, of course, they are returning champions here to Kill by Kill. The ones, the onlys, Dennis Satterfield and Scott Berkland. How are you doing today, gentlemen? Hey, hello. Hey, How's it going? everybody. How you doing? Hi. <laughs> so much better that both of you are back with us. And, of course, if we were ever going to cover uh, Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park, which I doubt anyone had on their bingo card for this particular podcast uh, of course i would have you two on to uh, help me and gina figure this out scott what is your history with kiss meet the phantom of the park my history if you will yes uh, if you will so i cannot say that i was a part of the kiss army i i had kiss bone spurs so i didn't quite make it in Sure. Um, no, I, I was, I would have been seven and three quarters ish at the time that this came out and d did not really know the music beyond the radio hits 
but mm-hmm. loved the idea of Kiss. It was like everything I was into. It was, you know, sort of monster movie stuff and and magic in the live stage show. So I was really in love with the idea of like them and Alice Cooper. And my memories of this from when I was seven and three quarters was being insanely bored <laughs> and probably falling asleep before Kiss even makes it on screen beyond the opening credits. Right. And, and what an opening credits they were. Oh, uh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you got to let people know you just opened Colossus somehow, right? <laughs> Truly. Well, and the, so much has evolved since Magic Mountain had been featured in the 1977 film Roller Coaster. Yes, Universal uh, Classic. Uh, which George Siegel wanders around the entire film with a straw hat on his head. And (laughs) multiple women are like, I got to get some of that in bed. And (laughs) this was thought of as a a movie. Uh, But of course that film, the the musical presence there is Sparks, a a band that has gone away and has never been heard from since. Whereas Kiss, they're forever. Uh, How about you, Dennis? What what was your history here? Well, I'm, uh, I'm like, five or six years younger than Scott. So um, this scared the shit out of me <laughs> when I was a child. <laughs> Hopefully for the right reasons. Um, no, I remember, well, so I, I, at some point I saw this movie. I don't know. I certainly, I would have been like two or something like that when it came out uh, in 1978. So I think I must've seen it later on. And um, it left a really, really big impression on me because I didn't remember anything about this film. <laughs> if you want to call it a film, whatever, whatever this thing was that we saw these uh-huh. moving pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I remember kiss honestly, like freaking me out when I was a kid, there was, we, we lived in Las Vegas uh, around the time when, when kiss first came into my memory and uh, we would go to circus circus every once in a while. They had the midway oh. and they had like the clowns walking around and there's face sure. painting and and yeah they had some people dressed up like kiss walking around um and it was frightening and traumatizing so sure. that's well, you, that's what i take away from kiss you rarely see a 30 year old man's upper thigh that much in <laughs> oh stockings. man so. there is so much side butt action happening in strange. <laughs> it was all the rage in 78 a lot, uh, a lot of, lot of side butt, a lot of nipples, a <laughs> lot of chest hair, a lot you know, of there, chest hair. There's a historical uh, component to this as well that I did not figure out until uh, being asked to uh, rewatch this again. Which is, I went back and looked at the history. This was a mere month before the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, so man. this was like a one-two punch of destroying childhoods everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is when TV could take what you loved and just spit on it and right in front of you while you were in a living room. You're like, but I liked this. Not anymore, kid. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know Gina? what you can do with your iron-on T-shirt? <laughs> Gina, what about you? Well, you know, it's funny. You mentioned Roller Coaster, and mm-hmm. uh, which came out roughly around the same time. And I, I would have been about six or thereabouts when the Kiss movie came out. And I realized when I'm thinking back on when I saw it, I'm conflating the two. Because I, I feel like I remembered a lot more uh, shenanigans involving the rides being interfered with. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's another movie. 
but I, I'm sure that I did see this at some point as a child, but boy, like, like there's a lot of this was like, like watching with brand new eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, uh, strangely enough, was just had zero awareness of kiss. I did not see this when it came out. Well, I, you were, you were, you were a Mormon. I don't think sure. Mormon parents are, were, were letting their children join the Knights and Satan service. <laughs> But they would let me watch anything else on NBC. I mean, I watched Chips religiously. This was in the Chips time slot uh, for whatever reason. And so uh, it's strange that I didn't, but I vividly remember my Star Wars holiday special experience. I think I've said it before where I was at a friend named David's house and his he had a very Mormon family. They just had an endless parade of children and the entire house smelled of diapers and uh, spoiled <laughs> milk cool. and and then and then we watched the holiday special in their downstairs den and i just i the entire evening i just just every part of my enjoyment of star wars melted away <laughs> i was had to confront harvey corman pouring liquids into his head i feel and, like if the star wars holiday special had a smell it's probably yeah. diapers and spoiled milk <laughs> <laughs> and so i had zero rec i just i did not catch this and i don't think i had seen it until maybe at some point in my I'm willing to watch any bad movie phase <laughs> of working at video stores. This had been put out on video at one point and I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. I need to see this and probably fell asleep because I don't remember <laughs> any part of the back half of it. And I distinctly remembered a lot of the front half. So I, I think I just dozed. So when but you again, saw it the first time, did you know the band at that point? Like, were you aware of their music? And I, I was at least aware of, you know, rock and roll all night and party every day i'd probably heard beth you know i'd heard the bigger hits but to me they at that point they were already a band who had taken off their makeup and shown up on mtv like they had been frog marched in at yeah. gunpoint <laughs> to be 83 lick it up era and then and then the audience demanded that they put the makeup back on, <laughs> Please, put no, it back on. okay you know what something should remain a mystery <laughs> put a cape on that guy it's it's not as endearing when you flick your tongue when i can see your actual skin tone gene i and can't so, see any of your side ass this isn't working at all <laughs> what if i just wore jeans uh, i mean i guess it's better but also um uh, no, uh, put your hair back in the samurai. I don't like Thank this you. at all. Uh, so yeah, I, it would just, again, I was very heavy rock, uh, adverse for the vast majority of my life. So I don't have a grand affinity for, for kiss everything. Wait, wait, I have. What's the kind of music that you listened to back then? Like what I mean, you, I, you, rock adverse, what were, what were you digging? I, basically would listen to pop radio up until the point I got the first Devo record and my cousin was super into the cars. And so huh. anything with synths was something I listened oh. to up until the point I saw Ice-T in the Breakin' movie. And then I'm like, whatever the fuck that is, that's what I'm into. 
And so I'm pretty much listening to hip hop that entire time. So all my exposure to mainline rock music or heavy metal throughout the 80s is just I'm watching MTV because it's on. Because I want to watch MTV, but I I suffer through that to get to what I want to watch is basically what happens. I think there's an alternate universe where there is such a thing as the cars meet the Phantom of the Park. <laughs> I would like God, to see if only. <laughs> I don't know. Breathe fire. And it would have gone much different if Maybe. I mean honest Just like you, but... Rick Ocasek opening his mouth and a lion yeah. roar comes out of yeah. it. <laughs> Benjamin Orr somberly singing, uh, who's going to drive you home? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Melissa's like, where's my fiance? <laughs> Shut up. I'm sitting in front of this pool table right now. God damn it. And then at some point they walk across the pool and everyone's like, right. great. Um, <laughs> what are you going to produce that Weezer album? And that, 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 that would be the end of it. So yeah, I just, I, there's no, this set of circumstances, I don't think could happen at any other time. I don't think any other band had the presence where they're like, you know what we need to do? Have them fight robot albino monkeys. They, that's the, they, they're perfect for this. I Have them be literal superheroes. Yes. Yeah. And of course, there's the giant incident. Uh, this was how I was sent, even more aware of them, was the fact that they when Marvel produced a comic book based on Kiss, yes. they had mixed their blood into the red ink of the cover. Yes. And parents had gone buck wild crazy over the idea that this microscopic amount of blood might end up in their kid's comic book. Yeah, and the guy that produced that, and I can't for the life of me remember his name, but he would go on to do the end run of Crazy, which I remember reading when I was a kid, which was just like, I want to say they stopped publishing it, because yeah. so many parents wrote in going, you can't do this anymore. <laughs> this is bad. This Listen, is bad. Is, it is time for my child to graduate to a mad or a cracked something that, <laughs> exactly. that has a real stamina, that has a name I can trust. Wow, I did not know that Marvel did a comic book about Kiss. Does that mean there is a possibility at some point they join the MCU? Sure, they really are in in some universe. They are kind of are. I mean, one of the covers I remember was them in the fist of Doctor Doom. Um, I never read an actual comic book they were in. I just remember the covers of. Well, them. and I think they were introduced in a Howard the Duck issue or something yeah, really wacky sense. like that. Yeah. Wow. Well, Howard the Duck was the most rock and roll of their titles. Yes. It was it was that and Doctor Strange were the things that that college students used to smoke weed to and read. Exactly. So <laughs> back back when you needed weed to get through a Marvel comic, <laughs> when um, you were killing that month between Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park and the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. He, this is this is the the year when pop culture just like I don't know what to do with kids anymore. <laughs> it's they'll they'll give the Muppets a movie. <laughs> the, Star Wars is on TV with Harvey Corbin, and Kiss is be, is meeting the Phantom of the Park. And, and it's abundantly clear in this movie that uh, Hanna Barbera's view of what the kids are into is some twenty years old. 
Yes. It is crazy what a stranglehold Hanna-Barbera had on Saturday morning cartoon life. And yet what they viewed as a story for television just does not progress. Because if you took out the members of Kiss and inserted the members of Scooby-Doo or a cartoon shark or a cartoon (laughs) caveman, or a cartoon revolutionary ghost. I was going to say, do not leave, do, do not leave out the funky phantom. <laughs> but there's no difference in the storytelling here. Like the only thing that doesn't happen is a mask is ripped off of Zerby's head, and they're like, "Oh, the real villain is." That's the only thing they don't hit. Well, you know what this really, really felt like to me is the new Scooby Doo movies were like seventy two to seventy four which mm-hmm. were the ones with like, you know, Scooby-Doo meet Sonny and Cher. Exactly. And this totally felt like, you know, they were given the opportunity to do something with Kiss and they were like, you know, that thing we used to do with the whole, you know, Scooby-Doo meet so-and-so, let's do that. Yes. And like, sure, just swap out, you know, Charlie Chan and family with... <laughs> just subtly subtle racism. This is why uh, we're all this is, we, this is why we're all on medication now. <laughs> exactly. Our Can all broken. be traced back to Hanna Barbera. <laughs> and so there's a lot of this that just feels like the TV version of Shazam. And the you know, the, what was that bunch that Hanna Barbera did the that they just did a horror movie of Gina the, the, the bears? Uh, oh, no, banana splits. The banana splits. Well, there's like you're 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 there's like the well there's the banana splits and there's the hair bear bunch. I think. Oh, thinking, that's yeah. right. I think you're, yeah. we're yeah. like oh, the like God. the entire plot of it was like the bears had afros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I, I so don't, don't yell help help here come the bears. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they just solved mysteries. So like, like, like they all did. <laughs> they all solved all mysteries. It, it, so I think halfway it has to do with why so much of television is caught up in propaganda mysteries, because we were all raised on stupid mysteries and like, this is the only kind of story you can tell. And so that's why CBS just has, the kiss meets the phantom of the park in different variations <laughs> well, every it, night of the I week. I mean, it's an interesting take on a, you know, on a quote unquote mystery because mm-hmm. you know who the bad guy is the entire time. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. there's no, there's no twist, nothing. It's just that guy who reveals himself as, as a villain from the minute he appears on screen. He also doesn't seem to be much of a phantom in the traditional sense. Yeah, yeah kind of had that. No, no, yeah, no, no like, no like mask, you would think he's no like, cloak. yeah, he should be like skulking around the park, and 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 he really isn't. He's just like <laughs> sending his minions. He's got his John Tesh wall of keyboards that they like to <laughs> constantly go. It can spin. Don't forget, <laughs> yeah. we just think it spin. Yeah, it, it, uh, but he doesn't have a scar. He no. doesn't have a mask. He, he yes. there's no reveal. He doesn't steal Melissa at any point. Like you'll be the perfect robot lady of my dreams. Nothing like that. It's just like he wants the park to primarily be about his robots. And the owner of the park's like, 
I don't know. It's not doing it for everybody. Now it's roller coasters and having Kiss play in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the like, owner, yeah. The, the owner of the park is. Yeah, I need this park to make money. <laughs> this is not really a robot forward experience. The robots are nice and everything, but the park goers have decided they would like roller coasters and kiss to play in the parking lot. He, and he's he, like, he is very offended that his revolutionary war robots yes. are, aren't, uh, aren't enough to bring the kids in to, the, to the, the park. figurine anymore. Right. I mean, can you imagine in a in a theme park that you went to as a kid, and they're like, "Wait till you see the animatronics," and it's a gorilla that leans over. So it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, like I'm telling you, you got to see this fucking mechanical barbershop <laughs> quartet. It's gonna blow your goddamn mind. This thing will change your life, man. <laughs> Well, no, we don't, we want, don't to want to go to Disneyland where they have an actual barbershop quartet. <laughs> Let's go to this other thing. I've got a robot barbershop quartet. The and impressive like, thing I- about Magic Mountain, though, is, you know, you mentioned, Patrick, the parking lot concert. This yeah. is at the point where Kiss was literally selling out stadiums. Which yes. to me was the funniest thing about this movie that they're like, and they're going to be in the parking lot. Yeah, I was going to say this is like this is like state fair level exactly concert concert performing. But in what they're basically doing is taking their giant stadium stage show and putting it in a parking lot because they have the same lifts and the drum kit raises <laughs> at one exactly. point. And they make a big deal of how many speakers they have and that they're all numbered. And there's some guy going, move 23 to the left. Is this entertainment? I'm, I'm watching people stack and restack speakers. This is a something we need to know about because it doesn't matter at all. Um, also, I don't find it very believable because... All of those people standing there in the audience, thousands upon thousands of people standing there in the audience, no cars in the parking lot. How do they all get there? Um, <laughs> sure. Where, well, Magic where Mountain the cars had a lot more parking lot back then. This That's was right. good news for that. Now it's oh. ma- mainly roller coasters and, and a parade of Wendy's and whatnot. Mm. I mean, Magic Mountain, for those outside of California, now known as Six Flags Magic Mountain, but it's way up in the ass north end of of Southern California. It's the only theme park, to my knowledge, that borders an active trailer park. <laughs> and not that there's anything wrong with it. And it's a coaster park. It's just a the place where they're like, we do coasters. We build yep. giant fucking coasters. Yep. Yeah, they and are uh, the dude from that created SeaWorld uh, made Magic Mountain basically looking to get into the amusement park industry. And this Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park is actually a little nice little historical artifact because it's the year before Six Flags bought them. So yeah. it's one of the last like film things where you get a lot of really nice like shots of signs that say Magic Mountain and stuff that you know has since been replaced with six flags branding yeah and as soon as and six flags bought them they got rid of all the robotic gorillas no more barbershop <laughs> quartet robots it's just not the no same more, no no more cyborg revolutionary war uh, uh soldiers yeah no so they more lost their soul samurai yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, no more, uh, you know, robotic ninjas to just grunt <laughs> as loudly as humanly possible for as long as possible before they start fighting. They do um, uh, at least validate my uh, seven-year-old belief that, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, ninjas or anything like that all went hi-ya when they <laughs> did, <laughs> fight with you because we got a lot but, of that. Yes, but nary a Haikiba, which I kind of <laughs> missed. Um, to put some historical context into this a little bit more, um, Hanna-Barbera has a deal with NBC to produce movies because they want to get into live action a little bit. And so somewhere in Burbank, some exact thought, what if the Stepford Wives, but with Kiss, <laughs> and was then handed a massive pile of cocaine as a bonus. <laughs> and somehow, despite this, you will often see this being said, it was like, this was the second biggest TV, original TV movie of that year. Um, but it was second in the ratings to the love boat. So <laughs> what a time a year. What All a time. So Shogun, number one, a, a, a TV miniseries that lives on and then the and then this. But it also lost to the love boat in Fantasy Island. Um, to be fair, they were both very special episodes. So, <laughs> Well, Charo was there and she's a ratings go getter. Sweep, sweep. You know, what are you going to do? Once she coochie coochies, you can't say no. <laughs> so uh, again, the the show is best enjoyed with a Wikipedia article open, so you can just put oh, in yes. who the fuck is Charo, and <laughs> you'll instantly know. Charo, so, the only the only celebrity to ever cross over from the Love Vote universe to the Fantasy Island universe. And I think that's actually <laughs> true. She got off the Love Boat at Fantasy Island. That was the connection. Really, sure the true. devil never crossed over from Fantasy Island to the Love Boat. That I find hard to believe. <laughs> well, yeah, Roddy McDowell was very busy back then. <laughs> was. Oh, Gina, remember Roddy McDowell's The Devil? I do that. remember Roddy McDowell's his little horns and his little elf ears. Oh, he was so indignant that he couldn't beat Mr. Aurora. That just... episode scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> <laughs> In a way that Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park never could, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> if, Roddy, well, if Roddy McDowell had the Kiss makeup on, that would have scared the hell out of me. Oh, man. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> but which, which one would he be? Would he be one of the main four or would he be one of those distaff ones like the Ankh Warrior? Or Hello, I'm the Star Child. Just <laughs> <laughs> not far off from the ADR. Beth, I'm calling you. <laughs> we just can't get the sound. <laughs> oh, God. So... This opens with gigantic images of Kiss. They're like, they're, ki they're kaiju, basically. Yes, <laughs> they are. They're huge. And Peter Chris is tippity tapping against the giant flat ride. And though it starts with Peter Chris, and I'm like, who the fuck agreed to this within Kiss? <laughs> I can't imagine Paul Stanley going, oh, yeah. Definitely start with Peter Chris. I love that guy right now. But I guess it is alphabetical because it goes the four members of Chris and then Anthony Zerby and then it's out. <laughs> then it just the movie starts. The great thing you get uh, Gene 
like mm-hmm. again frame behind Colossus because they want to advertise that's our new coaster that opened yes. this year. And then these two girls walk by and look up at him like, "Oh, hey, giant jeans." <laughs> I was gonna say they're, they're they're not they're not startled. They're just like, not "Oh, there he is." <laughs> they're just rocking along like, "Oh." That's that's a perfectly acceptable version of Kiss, this hundred foot tall behemoth who breathes fire. Anyways, I'm off to revolution and they walk away. Uh, the guys uh, are superimposed over what I would say are kind of poorly lit shots of Magic Mountain here. I mean, um, you, you can't you really can't beat uh, Paul Stanley turning around and wiggling his butt at a at a, uh, at a roller coaster. <laughs> He's showing it who's boss. And then you've got them on the uh, the octopus uh, ride vehicle <laughs> that looks like it was probably in the maintenance bay. And they're just like, throw a green screen in behind it. We'll shake it around a little bit. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. This worked in Earthquake. It turns out that Kiss uh, were actually the opening act because let's meet the Canyon High marching band. <laughs> <laughs> just the way every Kiss fan wants to start the show is by seeing a marching band. And I keep telling them, Kiss first, then marching band. How many times? <laughs> uh, but no one listens to me. Um, the police chief of this theme park is named Sneed, and he's worried that the Kiss band or the fans or a combination of each of them will start a riot as evidenced by a human pyramid. Yes, which was all the style at the time, if you'll remember. Sure. We, we just couldn't stop making human pyramids. I mean, like, every picture of my parents back in the 70s was in a pyramid. It was the where's the beef of 78. <laughs> and so, as we all know, the first sign of a riot is when people start piling on top of one yep. another. Uh, but Calvin Richards, the park's kind of Texan kind of Brooklyn kind of, <laughs> I haven't decided what my character is and I don't have time to figure it out. Uh, owner, uh, believes that having kiss play there will quote, finally put this park on the map, which I agree will make it easier for people to find. If you leave your theme park off a map, they're probably yes. not going to find it. <laughs> well, and you can see giant Jane from the freeway. So. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. That helps you draw can see him in. From the, you can see him from the five, as people know <laughs> locally, the grapevine, which is only cause, called that after giant Jean disappeared. <laughs> I like um, that uh, Calvin is also kind enough to let us know that the fans have given themselves a name. They call themselves <laughs> the Kiss Army. <laughs> This isn't awkward for me to tell my head of security. (laughs) He needs to know this because we don't have Google yet. Every piece of information you have, you get from your boss. You know what's better than one establishing shot of a marching band? (laughs) Two. Hell yeah. (laughs) Double down. They know what we like. Uh, and if you wanted to get a ride experience of what Revolution was, is Revolution still there? I have no no idea. No yeah. idea. I know. I think it, well, I was there a couple of years ago and Revolution that you put, I don't know if it's still like this. Maybe they changed it because it was kind of a crazy idea. You put mm-hmm. VR goggles on Oh, now, that's right. Yeah. And oh you ride God. Revolution. 
and you're with like, yeah, VR goggles with VR goggles. Yeah. yeah. How yeah, are yeah. you not throwing up? There's no, you, no, you are. That's oh, the you thing. are. You are. <laughs> everybody, everybody throws up every time. And Colossus there, is but. still there, but now it's twisted Colossus. I think they had to take it down at some point because, well, yeah, that Woody's, Woody's of... having an age span to them. And, but then they yeah. brought it back as twisted Colossus. It's a dueling coaster now. That Twisted Colossus is a hell of a fucking ride. Oh, it's, it's a great cool. coaster. Yeah, it's right. a really amazing coaster. Gina, are you sick of us talking about theme park shit yet? <laughs> I, you know, I wish I, I wish I could enjoy roller coasters, but I, I cannot. I have a tender tummy. You know what you would, you would really enjoy. Uh, is if there was a giant Gene Simmons just staring at you <laughs> yeah. while you were riding the coaster. Well, what, if like, what, what if he like, like scooped me up and like, just kind of like, you know, like one of those, like, you know, a lot of theme parks have that like kind of space needle. Where you can go to the top and see like, uh, or like, what if you turn like a big Ferris wheel? That, that yeah. would be, that would be no, there, right. There's an elevator all the way to the top of Gene's samurai haircut yeah that that i would love i'm not afraid of heights it's the drop that that bothers me so yeah no i'm totally down with that ride the flicking tongue (laughs) okay now you've gone too now you've gone too far my apologies to uh gina uh women in general the concept of of femininity (laughs) edit that out somehow of my brain? <laughs> nope, I'm afraid. Uh, everything goes from here to a little bird who engraves it in a stone tablet. So, okay. <laughs> unfortunately, this is going to have to stay. Um, but on Revolution, we get to meet these two idiots, Sam and Melissa. Now, Yay. Sam works at the theme park somewhere uh, and gets off of Revolution yes. goes, that doesn't look right. I gotta go, honey. It, it, that, is, least, that, that is his sole line of dialogue in, yes. in this entire movie, isn't it? <laughs> and, and we yes. don't ever know what it is that doesn't look or feel right. He just sort of claims that to the air. Yes. <laughs> it's like, whatever that is, it's gotta be bad. I gotta leave. See you later at that Kiss concert, honey buns. And he saunters off to go underground and then we just see him in this karate dojo science uniform that he has that's crossed <laughs> in front of his breastplate. And he's just feeling around the walls. Just yeah, he's like, feeling <laughs> up the walls. It's very sensual. <laughs> just like, he's really feeling the space. Is this concrete? Is that plaster? <laughs> Ooh, is that a plastic resin? And then a door opens and he's like, hey. And then... He gets phantasm vortexed away. Yes. The door closes <laughs> and we're like, hey, scared yet? And we're like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. And this this is the beginning of what becomes a runner throughout this movie, which is somebody has something really innocuous and uninteresting happen to them. And mm-hmm. they scream like they're being stabbed to death. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what what just happened? We'll never know. Nope. So Maybe you'll de- see them later on. Dennis and I have a, uh, a, a history with Sam here, who was the star of a short-lived show called Arc 2 mm-hmm. that we oh, did on wow. Inside the Idiot Box. And on Arc 2, he has this inexplicably flesh-colored beard. <laughs> <laughs> so he, we just a, refer yes. to him as Fleshbeard. He is a blonde <laughs> gentleman. He is a blonde man who has a blonde beard and light skin. And he just looks like he has a skin beard the whole episode of this horrible TV show that we did on but our show. 
but what is a beard if not a skin beard? Honestly? That's true. Well, it um, should be a hair beard, but he's got a skin beard. <laughs> he was breaking new ground. He looks like a G.I. Joe where, where you rub all the paint off of the beard of the G.I. Joe. <laughs> so it's the same color as the rest of his face. Not saying That's I've done sense. that in the past, but uh, no, I just did it you're, 15 minutes but ago. You are promising to do that in the future? Oh, yeah. <laughs> start a Patreon. I'm going to take him at his word on that one. I got a TikTok <laughs> channel where all I do is take uh, Q-tips dipped in alcohol and rub all the paint off my G.I. Joe faces. <laughs> I'm constantly going it. after Dennis with the magic eraser. <laughs> we'll get there one day. It's just one guy in Indiana furiously masturbating to this. <laughs> and then I'm sure that'll pay off in the long run. It's, uh, how are you going to make money doing it? Volume. He's Volume, the same. He's Dennis. the same that's, right. that's masturbating to you talking about ride the flicking. <laughs> <laughs> the same guy. Our biggest uh, fan. <laughs> Uh, speaking of ghosts of movies past, Gina, the three street toughs who roam the park oh getting in and out of line. Oh, my God. The, 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 the two teenagers and their dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You're not wrong. Remind, reminded me so much of the ineffectual motorcycle gang from Friday the 13th 3D. And, and they're surprisingly a worse motorcycle gang. They just... <laughs> are bad at it literally the only damage they truly cause is they tear down that human pyramid um <laughs> which honestly they really deserve it that's just obnoxious they're just getting in people's ways <laughs> i just like once play, again right? you know the the <laughs> hanna-barbera guys go uh we need hooligans um they're like brando and the wild ones right <laughs> I mean that hasn't changed since '53, right? Yeah, make, make this right? make this one sound kind of like Fonzie, even though we're we're in Southern California. Right, exactly. We got to give them names. How do I tell that this one is in the motorcycles? Name them, Chopper. Yeah, uh, first draft ideas. Uh, we're taking That's all right. of them. First idea is the best idea, right? <laughs> so you got Chopper, Slime, and Dee Dee because the girl actually kind of has. Uh, a Ramones haircut, I guess, is the reason why she's dating. I'm not sure. So much um, of this, I'm so glad you said that because so much of this feels like a precursor to rock and roll high school, which hits the year after this. In particular, <laughs> Kiss's yeah. accents and acting. Oh my God. <laughs> They'll but never I be quite we, as bad as Joey, but they're they're damn close. We gotta we gotta talk to do we, so much more. We gotta talk more. We gotta talk more about the accents because, like, every yeah. time they open their mouth, I just I experience joy, like like euphoria. Oh, <laughs> but we have to get to them first. We have to introduce every other character in this movie because, as I said before, it takes three whole commercial <laughs> breaks yes. to get the kiss to even showing up. Just As a Simpsons fan, this in, in, was the ultimate. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> <laughs> and then you, there's actual fireworks though. So that is that true. It's corner. It pays off. Uh, Abner Devereaux is the Walt Disney of theme parks that border trailer parks. Um, <laughs> why his? And why is he mad? Because uh, beautiful animatronic displays that have temporarily been replaced by a quote crude cutout of this kiss. And he's just extremely butthurt about it. Um, and that is the sole source 
of why he takes human beings and makes them into his animatronic slaves, everybody. Yes. By uh, gluing a the- Radio Shack capacitor to their necks, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back at the park, uh, Melissa is enjoying multiple Coke beverages that she pays for <laughs> with change brought to her by waitresses at a theme park is harassed by teens who just want to get laid by her. And then because Sam has not shown up, she starts to roam the park and just harasses anybody with a Sean Cassidy haircut. Like, <laughs> In what feels like the span of like 10 minutes, she's really worried about Sam. It's yes, been 10 it, really long minutes since she's seen him. It's not like him to not show up at the taco hut or whatever the fuck this particular <laughs> dining establishment is. This open air dining establishment. Um, and later uh, in what seems like a, a, a scene filmed exactly after all the other scenes, Amner is whining that he doesn't get enough money for R&D. And they're spending all that cash on promoting a concert with the biggest rock band in the world instead of robot astronauts (laughs) i don't know man (laughs) you're gonna you really think robot astronauts who are on a stage with no guardrails no ropes just elevated three feet off the ground how are any of these things not falling off their stage to their fucking doom yeah the whole park is just like these weird little five by five platforms with random characters on it an astronaut uh yeah. revolutionary war people yeah. a gorilla a gorilla and and they're all just doing this moomin shants 101 bit <laughs> yeah i mean he's just all like oh this these these robots are the, and they're just doing the robot they're just doing it like like burp, 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 burp. Beep, blah, blurp, bleep. and you're like that can't be like why would you come back for that why why would you need Five different variations of that. Why would you need uh, the Hall of Great Americans or whatever the fuck he wants to build? Yeah, I mean, no one no one goes to Disney and says, boy, I can't wait to get to the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> I mean, I go to Lincoln every once in a while, especially because they've got really good air conditioning. Mm, that's right. It's a good place to sit down for. If you, if you, if you can't, if you can't go into the Tiki Tiki room, you go to the hall of presidents. <laughs> right. You can at least, you know, bring in, you know, one of those uh, pineapple ice creams into the Tiki <laughs> Tiki room and enjoy all the casual racism that birds right. can imply. <laughs> I figured you needed the gorilla because there were so many unanswered questions by the astronaut. So (laughs) he's clearly building to something. (laughs) He's trying to tell us about like a Burma shave ad. If you watch it correctly, (laughs) if it, it, there's an internal logic to it, if only we could put together the pieces, then maybe we could figure it out. Um, And uh, then they sexually harass Abner and a monkey and at some point, someone says, just remember who you came with, Chopper. Um, yeah, stop flirting with that robot monkey and remember <laughs> your real sexual partner, yes. Chopper. What that relationship you, is rock solid. I was going to say, one of us, apparently? <laughs> Both of us? Well, okay, they are if, warned by Calvin, if you can't control yourselves, you'll be out of this park before you get in. Uh, what? Huh? <laughs> um... <laughs> I'd, it's like a maybe there's trick. a temporal flux there. <laughs> I'm not sure. I will punch a hole through the tight space continuum <laughs> and send your asses back through it. 
yeah, I like, uh, you know, Scott said earlier, you have to wonder what the Hanna-Barbera people w- were th- thought of as teenagers or ruffians, <laughs> because I don't think anyone put on a blindfold and said, what do you think of a ruffian? And they're like, well, it's like Popeye who fucks with five days of scruff <laughs> on his jawline. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think they're a good foil for Kiss. I don't think they're a good foil for this guy who's trying to be a Doctor Who knockoff. I don't <laughs> I don't think this is good and I don't like it. But this is what entertainment was in 1978. That's right. But here to rescue us from all of this mundane boredom is the one and the only Byron James who looks yes. so stoned, <laughs> so stoned. Stoned Leon. <laughs> he just, just looks like he's baked out his out of his fucking gourd. And he has a mustache and chin strap combo <laughs> that is not helping that jawline. <laughs> Nothing can help that jawline. I love Brian James, but you just... There's something about the way his skull was constructed that makes him cinematic, but also facial hair isn't going to help you, Brian. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If you're wondering who Brian James is, he was in the house three that became the last horror movie. And he was also um, in that Sylvester Stallone, Kurt Russell movie uh, where he plays British. For reasons I can't begin to tell <laughs> and, you, and he and he was also in another movie yes. uh, about real about realistic looking robots. Yes, which yes. I which, which I feel like I feel like Joe Turkel might have watched uh, Anthony Zerby's performance and inspired his performance as Eldon Terrell. <laughs> <laughs> very very true. Jeez, <clears throat> uh, you know, like like uh, if when someone says like, "Geez," for a minute. I thought we had another disappearance on our hands uh, to Brian James. And it's like, wait, wait a second. Another disappearance? <laughs> How many other disappearances has this theme park had? Like, no business can sustain multiple serial killers operating on I, the I mean, is this like, is this like a, one. you know, are they like on a cruise ship or someone just falls off? And they're like, oh, must be Thursday. <laughs> I mean, Giant Gene got to eat, right? No, no. <laughs> Wait a second. That's how Giant Gene is feeding himself? Well, remember, remember that uh, the the cover of that Queen album that had that like big oh, robot? Yes. That, like, it's like just holding handfuls of people. They, now that scared the hell out of me when I was a child. My <laughs> uncle had that album and I would like look at it and be like, no. And then like, look at it again and then like, you know, shove it way back in the, in the back of the cabinet and pull it out and look at it again. But yeah, just picture, just picture jeans, a giant jeans. So it's just like a handful of people who were enjoying a nice day at the amusement park. <laughs> All devoured by giant Gene Simmons, or, or either either that, either <laughs> that, or it looks like uh, that that painting of Saturn or Jupiter eating his son or something, where it's just like, oh yes, <laughs> oh my god, it's the worst um, theme park ever. And so Chopper and Company, uh, they're not just there to fuck with things uh, that are easily fuck withable. They also are mechanical geniuses who wander into the engine room <laughs> of this green octopus flat ride and fuck with it to the point where everyone in ADR is like, stop it. 
Turn off the ride. Yes, it's going too fast. This is going too far. <laughs> As compared to what? And the and the, the the absolutely you unbothered ride ride technician just like I can't. Just, just pressing buttons like does this one do it? No. Is this one doing? No. This is what doing. He's Sorry. not calling anybody. Sorry, folks. Oopsie doodle. I'm sure. I'm sure the ride will just stop on its own eventually. Patrick, then, you mentioned the ADR. This whole film has like Andy McDowell and Greystoke levels of ADR. <laughs> like ninety percent of this thing is in ADR, and frequently when people's lips are noticeably not moving. <laughs> well, I have to assume they're filming it on summer days at Magic Mountain where you can barely hear one another talk when standing next to one another. I can only imagine what havoc that plays with actually recording dialogue. So it sort of makes sense. But then people are also ADR'd when they're alone on sound stages <laughs> and, and when they're all, kissed. You know, <laughs> when they're kissed, when they when they just have an incomprehensible accent, no one can understand. <laughs> and so it's at that point that Anthony Zerbe just like the chopper and coming like, listen, uh, I I might get fired at any second, but you, I'm targeting you three for death. Meanwhile, Melissa is continuing her search for Sam. Uh, she witnesses the flat ride kerfluffle, and when she walks away from it, she is assaulted. By a small child with a toy uh, trumpet? trumpet. Yeah. Trumpet. <laughs> a cornet, maybe? Yeah. Cor yeah. Sure. Who knows? It's some sort of odd brass instrument. Maybe he's stolen it from the local marching band that is stomping <laughs> through Magic Mountain. But when he blows it in her face, the look of shock on her face. Oh, my God. It's the kind of kid that's going to grow up and form a human pyramid. You just know yeah. it. <laughs> right. He's already, he, he's already walking down that road to hell. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure who decided that needed to be included or they felt like we just need one minute of shock and surprise. This was their version of a cat scare. I don't know. But uh, she then finds uh, the Abner's, uh, uh, above ground section of her of his underground base and he's like you may come down enter the elevator mechanism <laughs> Who the f it's a fucking elevator my guy <laughs> he's but trying I mean so hard I I, <laughs> I I I you know it's like watching Surian and cats he's just like you know I, I signed my contract check cleared <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give 175% to this role. <laughs> also, Patrick, it the mm -hmm. elevator does go 150 feet in 2.8 seconds, despite the fact that visually it clearly doesn't. <laughs> right. It also has a, a Star Trek whoosh, yes. Whoosh yes. sound effect. Yes. That, but there's no doors. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a little odd to me that they gave it the Star Trek whoosh. But they forgot to give it a door. That's um, not great. But hey, we're only two commercial breaks into this. That's right. have yes. not only appeared in cutout and translucent form. So I would have been rioting if I was in the Kiss Army at this point. Um, but you know what? You know, 45 years later and androids, despite what Anthony Zerby says here, have not taken over 
my more menial work, which surprisingly requires very little robots and beef eater costumes. (laughs) (laughs) This is his idea of entertainment. When he is fired, I'm like, yes, he's making androids of beef eaters. This is not something anyone needs for entertainment. I I need him to give a presentation of his business plan as (laughs) as as to how he thinks this is going to make as much money for the park as a concert by one of the top bands of the time. Yes. My animatronic beef eater will sell Worcestershire sauce all over this planet. (laughs) Finally, the gin takeover of the theme park scene will begin. But like so many times, Gina, on our show, we have confronted people who are like, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z equals dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. And we're like, no, no. This might be the most baffling one. It really is. It's the ultimate equals profit. Because in comparison, the guy who owns the theme park is, if we get people to come to this KISS concert, we'll sell so many more tickets to this theme park. And you're like, that makes sense to me. Yeah, sure. And he's just like, he is offended by, by their resorting to, to you know, hiring a, a common rock band to play, <laughs> to play at this amusement park. I'm surprised he doesn't refer to them specifically as a rocka band. Um, that, that would have really well, rock and roll out. types. <laughs> so he's just he's showing off all this shit to Melissa, who's invited to his underground lair. He, he's like, "Do you want to touch the skin? It's almost <laughs> lifelike." She's like, she's like. No, I don't think so. He shows us a disassembled barbershop quartet. And for a hot second, they show the head of one of the singers. And I thought mm-hmm. it was the Lionel Richie bust from the Hello. Oh, no. I was so excited. No. So excited. And then it wasn't. That predates that video. Yeah. That couldn't be true. I was waiting for it Anthony Zerbe to go, oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> The head says, hello, is it me you're looking for? <laughs> you oh, you are looking for me? Oh, my God, you're picking me up. I don't have a body. I have no control. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he really just knows that the future of entertainment is Android. <laughs> the future of entertainment is beef eaters and barbershop quartets. <laughs> Revolutionary war robots. But uh, he goes, anyways, your boyfriend ain't here. So hit the bricks. Please take this elevator mechanism up to the top floor and don't let your ass, you know, the door, the door, the non-existent door hit you (laughs) on the way out. And so she back up very slowly (laughs) to the, to the top floor, because of course that's on a soundstage. They don't have three floors of that shit. It's just like two guys on a rope going, Oh fuck. She's so much heavier than she said she was. And then, um, Robo Sam makes his first appearance. And how do you know he's Robo Sam? Because he has a transistor in his neck that has animated magic sparkles on it. (laughs) And that's how you can tell. The sparkles equals the brainwashing. So wait, is, is Sam now a robot? Like the, the, the only uh, ahead barbershop, barbershop quartet guy, or is he a human that has a, 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 a transistor taped to his neck. 
Yes. Like, are there two different <laughs> things happen? Okay, got it. Got it. Thank <laughs> you for all that and more, Dennis. I see. <laughs> he he chops, like he cuts, he juliannes. Now how, how much would you pay? A lot of different things. Ron yeah, well, Pompeo yeah, would be so proud. To to jump ahead, like when when he does trap the uh, the thugs, <laughs> uh-huh. like are they dead? Did he kill them and then like turn tur- so. turn them into robots because they're definitely in pieces. Yes. When we like when we like like we see like one has their head removed, and it's like yeah. okay, so is that a robot versions of them? And if so, did he kill them? Or are they like Sam, just you know, uh, the, the, you know mind controlled? Yes. Yes, I answered okay. my own question earlier. <laughs> Thank you. That clears everything up. And it they sure go, does. They go into more of that in the novelization of Kiss Meets the Phantom <laughs> of the Park. If you've read that, it's a scholastic. Which is strangely six hundred pages, yes. and it's a tome. And, 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 and wrote Splinter of the Mind's Eye. And yeah. then, like, and then, like the novelization of Gremlins, the actual plot of the movie doesn't start until about two thirds of the way in. There you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it goes deep into those robot astronauts. Uh, they are much more enmeshed into that version of the story. That gorilla's backstory. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so tragic. It made me uh, cry. Because he's just a regular robot in a gorilla suit. He's not even a robot gorilla. He's just a guy robot in a gorilla suit. That just blew my mind, so Patrick. That just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> that is tragic. And- as a person who has programmed and run an actual fucking robot, <laughs> I can say this because uh, that was deceptively simple and complex all at the same time. It cost multiple millions of fucking dollars and would fall over if you blew on it <laughs> semi-hard. So it's not like, I mean, obviously this is fantasy in many respects but what they're proposing robots can do here is a little far-fetched but we don't come to kiss meets the phantom of the park for (laughs) realism because if we did we would probably be carried away by guys in white suits with butterfly nets Devereaux was boston dynamics before boston dynamics he knew (laughs) very true um so a chopper and company go to the house of terror thrills or I never <laughs> caught the name of it. Um, what I do know is you have to take a suspension bridge to get there. Yes. And then inside are all the schmooniversal monsters, but not yes. <laughs> so close to copyright, but not universal monsters and some people shoot uh day for night uh kiss meets the phantom of the park shoots dark for dark yes um, because you can't like see a thing that's going on in this i think whoever was the dp on the desert stuff and mandalorian that took place at night was like hmm a lot of really good ideas here (laughs) what if you couldn't see anything would that help and oddly enough, the problem with the director is like, actually, I love this because <laughs> exactly. I don't want to see any of it. These are the best <laughs> scenes in the whole damn thing. <laughs> it really is. Um, it's full of uh, uh, Schmankenstein's monster, <laughs> um, Dracula. Shmummy, the shmummy's there. That's my favorite. <laughs> the Blair Wolf. The Fluff Man. <laughs> Just a guy whipping the shit out of another guy. With and a then, whip that sounds like gunshots. He's going to town <laughs> with really that thing. Does. 
over and over and over. And that guy is just taking it. The Foley he artist was, in- was like, my time to shine, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would argue there are two places the Foley guy really shines. One is the whip. And the other is whenever they're replicating Gene Simmons's footfalls <laughs> yes. with his giant boots and their little tippy taps across <laughs> like he's wearing character shoes across the ground. Like I, I think it would be a bit more of a thump. If can we honestly that's got that's a lot of boot hitting the yes. ground and they're like, what if, what if it's a little gentleman's soul? <laughs> We're not <laughs> We're not quite there yet, but so much to say about Gene's walk in those boots. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have to reserve a half an hour yes. for Gene's walk because this betrays any level of cool. Like, as ridiculous as this is, when you see Gene Simmons walk in those boots, he looks like he just got off a horse ride that lasted five <laughs> <laughs> I just made the note he has to poop so bad. Oh. <laughs> Just any cool factor to the costumes are undone when they're just sauntering about going, I don't know where these robots are coming from. (laughs) I swear to God, on the third watch, it occurred to me, I was like, I bet there is a practical reason for this because Uh they have those weird like hockey shin guards that go up to his knees and they kind of flare out. And I was like, I bet if he doesn't walk bow-legged like that, they catch on each other and he's probably face planted before or he's or they're slapping his thigh because there's the extended part so he's got to avoid the slap up against him and he's angling the way he walks which is fine when you're playing bass because you're just across you know legs akimbo and playing in front of a a microphone and occasionally breathing fire (laughs) everything about the costume works on stage and none of it works when he's walking around like the Incredible Hulk, but yeah. he's got hemorrhoids. Yeah. <laughs> or, or he has to poop, all valid up. <laughs> Listen, anything that is vaguely downstairs related that could go wrong is the way he looks when he's walking around. And if you really want to take the piss out of Kiss, make them walk on a suspension bridge in those boots. <laughs> they are so careful walking there. You've never like, Oh, the kiss are so badass, And they're just grabbing onto the ropes, <laughs> just white knuckled because the, the, those boots are not meant for jostling. And they're not meant for karate either. No, if we're being honest, it's just, it, it really should have redone the costumes for this in a, modified them in some way so they could look cool because it's just one of those things like a a Frank Franzetta painting on the side of a van. That's cool. And then you see it in motion and you're like, Oh, (laughs) but it would be so less glorious than it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the one element of the house of thrills that I find least plausible is they wander into one room where someone is beheaded um, by a, a giant, you know, mechanism that cuts off your head. And then the head falls into a well. Yes. And you're like, is someone fucking fetching that head yes. every five minutes? Yeah, what's the it, it, it just, it just, It's just coming back around like at a bowling alley. 
<laughs> Next show in an hour, everyone. Next show in an hour. It's just got a big mechanism that fishes it out of the water. It dries on the way up. It comes in through her body, shoots out through her neck. And all the while, Ready you got that WB. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. So, yeah. Um, uh, I can't. So, Dracula gets gets one of them and then uh slime is kidnapped by a, a mummy <laughs> and then oh another one of the figures i didn't get to kind of looks like the phantom of the opera makeup but only if the phantom was dressed up like ralph cramden on a date <laughs> at a bowling alley it's just very opened but sharp collars and it's like a a very 50s cash suit but with a phantom of the opera like <laughs> The opera was located in a very guys and dolls level universe. <laughs> and again, as they're grabbed, which on film seems, you know, I mean, it's scary to get grabbed by somebody. But yeah, you, once again, get that scream like somebody's being stabbed to death. And then they're they like get dropped in a tube, but then they go up like gravity is just all over the map in this thing. Yes, they are because the tube exists two places because they're like, we've got one tube. Well, do you have two cameras? Sure. <laughs> we'll just shoot them both ways and then reverse the footage. And so when Dee Dee gets, you know, backs into an Iron Maiden, like Abner barely had to try to get this chick, uh, she goes, <laughs> and you're like, okay. I mean, she I fell guess. down, but she's getting shot up, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works, everybody. Um, but at least on, we, we get some wire robots. work later on that's totally in line with this, where people are jumping straight up and then suddenly they're going sideways. And yeah, this yeah. this film is very confused about gravity. Yeah. Well, listen, they had some some rope rigs, and they're like, <laughs> I think we can use the hell out of this. Damn colossus. It, we're going to use them. The piece of Colossus at two o'clock in the morning, and they, <laughs> and they also had some stunt guys who are like. I'll jump off of that. And like, well, let's record it at least five times and use because <laughs> it's that thing that I love about some people. Cause I, and obviously, and no one should ever be hurt on a fucking movie set for something as ridiculous as kiss meets the fan of the park or any other movie. But of course to hit uh, an airbag, you have to hit that with your back. So if you're jumping forward, you're jumping forward and then pushing your legs out in front of you yeah. <laughs> so you can hit your back. Or if you're dropping off, forward you're doing a, a somersault so you can hit your back and every single time it's a an albino ape it's going Wee! <laughs> leaning way back to hit that that airbag um anyways we get our first kiss concert in the parking lot it's everything you wanted it to be I guess. finally a half an hour in on the nose i timed it on the we nose. get some kiss and then you have abner in his spinny chair and he's like yes, yes. I wanted to watch this concert through the tiniest TV screens possible. At one point, Kiss are, are behind a, a laser jail bars. And he goes, uh, my robot replacements over here are going to put on your concert for you. But you can watch it on these TV screens. <laughs> and they're literally the size. Uh, they're, they're like a size of a shoebox. <laughs> I did I, yeah, like yeah. on the third viewing and I, you know, I'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes, but it occurred to me that I was like Abner's workstation 
is supposed to be the Phantom's organ, right? Like that is the yeah, right. yeah. The, the thing they're trying to sell there. The what only if, thing what if the Phantom's there, yeah. organ rotated? <laughs> yeah. What would that be like? I mean, I think it would go something like this. Right, yeah. Uh, would it be any different than Peter Chris's, you know, drum kit that elevates off the ground by 15 feet? Not really. You do have to wonder where Abner was on January 6th. I just have to ask the question. He's just a little shady. Oh. Anyways, enough of my yakking. Let's boogie. (laughs) (laughs) We are just treated to five full-ass minutes of a Kiss concert, which is what you're there to see, I guess. But it's not like they hadn't appeared on television doing this before. But I guess if you're a Kiss fan, it is what you're there to see. At least this way, it's not attached to a Paul Lind Halloween special. I was gonna say, I, I was gonna say, I I much more appreciated the 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 show they put on for the Paul Lind Halloween special. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean maybe next year we do that. Like every January, we cover a piece of Kiss media and we cover the Paul Lind special. It Why all not? culminates in. I mean, we already we, unfortunately we already covered Gene Simmons's Runaway. Yes, but we haven't covered any other Gene Simmons cinematic. Episode. I really think Has we he should. Has done things beyond Runaway? I, <laughs> he, uh, he played a trans person. Oh, dear. <laughs> in a, uh, a John Stamos action thriller. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Where basically John Stamos is playing James Bond's kid. Oh, wow. And. And he's got a magical car, and yeah. <laughs> and and Gene Simmons is a trans woman named like Velvet something or other. Oh, I just, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm way yeah. behind on the Gene Ovier. <laughs> it's just if we all want to get canceled, it's right there for us, and we would have it coming. Oh my, that's in the future. Um, it is interesting that Abner observes Paul Stanley enter the stage on on the ramp. Uh, you know, to the state, and he the way he he arrives is he fires a laser yes. beam out of his eye, <laughs> walks down the laser beam, and then shoots another laser beam. Apparently, they just subsist once he fires them, and goes, you know what? I'm gonna fuck around with these supernatural creatures. <laughs> I just, one of them breathes fire and goes through fucking walls, and this one is firing laser beams. The other one flies. And Peter Chris, I don't know, does cocaine in this trailer. We don't really find out what he does. I feel like their their powers are so unclear that maybe that's why Devereaux thinks he can take the swing. Like, sure. I got a shot. I don't really understand what they do. <laughs> right. I think I can beat them with robots. I, I got I got a lot of them. Um, and then he commands Robo Sam to go to the press uh, pit and says, Shoot their faces from every angle. Also, I want to make them look a little bit better. Can you back the camera up? And Robo Sam replies with, how do you feel about Cleveland? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a cover model either, but oh my God. There's a reason (laughs) for the makeup. Yeah. There's a reason the makeup is there. The makeup is doing a whole lot of work. (laughs) It's all the heavy lifting. You you really want to see the opposite of this. Just, Just look up, kiss non-makeup reveal MTV and have them staring straight in the camera <laughs> like they're like they're having their photos taken at a police station. <laughs> so against their will. 
<laughs> this is not how they want to do it. This is so below them. And they're like, oh, fuck, here I am. Uh, and yeah, the idea is Kiss solves mysteries here. And but but, so, they're, but they're also like like superheroes. Like they have magical powers and these yeah. and they yeah. have these like talisman that give them these powers, which yes. is never established. Like yeah. you, you, the, the audience just kind of has to, you know, put two and two together to determine, oh, okay, they are powered by by these talisman. Yeah, and the powers are very vague. It's like I think Star Child can like spy on people. It seems he's like. definitely got eye based powers where yeah. he can hone in, but he can also hypnotize people. Yes, he can because he can shoot lasers that can hear things <laughs> out of his eye. <laughs> where you hear things. Yes. It, listen, it makes sense both on paper and in the movie. Gene Simmons is the Hulk who breathes fire. Ace freely. It can fly. No, he teleports them, right? Does he can teleport? Yeah, the there's, yeah, yeah, there's can... teleportation and hovering. Yes. There's various flight powers, but also there's the power for him to just yell at people. Yes, yes. he does do that a lot. Yes. So in, in my research, and I'm sure you, you look this up as well, Patrick, this was my favorite bit about this film that apparently the act came out of the writers of the screenplay were told to shadow kiss for a few days and kind of get the lay of the land. And mm-hmm. I guess to be like an a-hole ace freely, who was apparently really high at the time as well, was just going around saying act to make their life difficult. And so the writers just went, okay, if that's the way you want to play it. And I, that's what this guy does back in a bunch. And I guess he realized that in the 11th hour freaked out. And then they had to write dialogue for him. Yeah. But you get plenty of act. Yes. Like, act is definitely the act is there. still there. Oh yeah. And just as inexplicable. So, and what were Peter I mean, Chris's powers? What did he do? He wrote Beth. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's important. Uh, maybe he dies several times and comes back. He does mention that he's almost run out of lives after a certain karate fight. <laughs> But yeah, you get a little I, bit of I'm running out of my nine lives here. The, he's the cat guy, right? Yeah. So yeah, I assume yeah. that he's probably immortal or something like that. The whole nine lives thing. I, I'm totally guessing that I just pulled that out of my rear end because I, I it, the, the movie doesn't makes no attempt to explain what he does. No. I, In a perfect world, my, they'd tell you a song. <laughs> Because, sure. like, if you look at Guar, which is the the only thing I can compare them to, you know, Guar is a bunch of art school students and, you know, they're aping Kiss. So they create these characters and then they write these songs that have backstories to the characters. Kiss is like, I'm a demon. And uh, oh, Detroit's pretty cool, right? <laughs> right. Let's write a song about that. You know what I enjoy doing? Um, rock and rolling <laughs> all night and partying all day. Uh, does that work for everybody? I'm a demon. <laughs> I guess that's what star so, children do. I don't know. <laughs> Intergalactic yeah, cat a... with a girlfriend named Beth. <laughs> My understanding was that Peter Chris's power, uh, if he was a cat, was to pee on your favorite pillow. <laughs> Is that what he does? It's just to hide behind a television for a few days. And by the time you get worried that they're, they're gone, they reappear to eat. So speaking of the demon, 
uh, this is when um, Miami shadow aliens appear <laughs> and Brian James and the rest of the, the theme park cops are like, Oh shit. And then Gene Simmons just full on Kool-Aid mans <laughs> through a brick wall. He sure does. Oh yeah. And to steal from the beyond yacht rock guys, the soundtrack is yes. some level of salunacy with just someone ragtiming on a fucking piano. I was like, why the, is all the fight music like chasing music from Starsky and Hutch? This makes no I sense. I don't know, but it totally is. It just absolutely is. And every single time it's in a different genre that is not Kiss. And so he, we just get a lot of like semi $6,000 man special things yes. going on. <laughs> And shame on Six and, Flags for building Coke stands out of balsa wood. They yeah. should know better. <laughs> That's on them. <laughs> Truly. But he just mows through these people, nearly chokes a guy to death, breaks another guy's arm. Brian James is like, my name's Paul. This is between y'all. He's like, I don't want to deal with this shit at all. And so the next day, um, a legion of theme park cops and the owner arrive at Kiss's Hollywood Mance, uh, which anyone can walk into. Yes. And Kiss has decided to sit on these very tall lifeguard chairs yes. outside their pool in cloaks <laughs> like they're the fucking future council from Bill and Ted. This is also and, this is also the first time we had, we hear them attempt dialogue with each oh, other oh yes and, yeah. and it is extraordinary it's where we learn that gene is voiced by a lion and everyone else is voiced by joey ramon <laughs> like he's kind of a lion but also like his voice is like definitely tweaked with like some sort yeah. of synthesizer like you yes. remember when you when we were kids and we had that those those plastic microphones yes that you talk yeah. into and it kind of makes well that, that's kind of what they've done to his voice and i i don't because he has a pretty distinctive speaking voice. Yeah. And I don't know why they felt the need to further alter it. Yeah, he, Gene Simmons, has a very deep voice. Yeah. Yeah, but then they, I, they, I think they were just trying to make it more interesting because having them show up and sun themselves by a pool in giant dark silver cloaks <laughs> wasn't interesting <laughs> enough. And then you've got uh, Paul Stanley, who I will never forget, at least 20 years ago, I heard a radio DJ say that even as a young man, he sent like a 48 year old Queens yes. housewife and, and <laughs> he absolutely does. And every time I just think of that when he speaks and it is hilarious. What do you think star child? <laughs> That's waiting that we won't do the concert. You had to melt those bars so we could get through them. He's sweating. He's sweating over here. He's totally sweating. There is the only thing that tops that is Joey Ramone has a line in Rock and Roll High School where he says, yeah, we're going to be in town one more day. And if we like them, we'll come pay you and miss them a gloop of vivid. And it's like totally, totally sounds like that. It's like they're all Joey Ramone. <laughs> they're all good, uh, good Jewish boys from New York. <laughs> Let's go to McDonald's and get yeah. a hamburger. What do you say, huh? What do you think, uh, Ace Man? Uh, what is this? Chicken bones? Come on. <laughs> One, two, three, four. <laughs> Listen, what do I know from this? I, I just need to go out my trailer. But also, I love the idea. 
that kiss have to live all together like the fucking monkeys. <laughs> yeah, they are literally the monkeys. They live in their big fun house with their goofy yeah. furniture yeah. and their little magical toys. Please tell me there's a kiss mobile. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's the only thing that's missing from this. Yeah, they should be like just but, tootling around like, the Dragula from the monsters, honestly. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so great. But so much of this lines up with Bill and Ted's in so many ways that I have to believe at some point they must have approached Kiss to be the future character. Oh my God. Because not only does so it great. show up in the first movie, but in Bogus Journey, Bill and Ted fight robot versions of themselves on yes. stage. Bill and Ted's yes. is a high budget version of this movie. Yeah, I, I could totally believe that that the writers were inspired by this. Well, oh, not that Clarence Clemens isn't great, but that would have made me so happy. Right. You you yes. do realize you do realize that bogus journey the the end credits music is God gave rock and roll to you by right kiss yes. they did they did a video Jeez. for it totally well, so. it, yeah <laughs> oh my god holy shit uh, I love this we figured it out everybody we're closing up shop it's been seven and a half years I love everyone <laughs> we figured it out there's no more mysteries to solve um so Melissa also walks in. To this mansion because there's no fucking security here. Why would they? Need <laughs> and she's it? just they and she's just like, well, nobody else will help me find my boyfriend. Perhaps Kiss might help. Perhaps this rock band. There's like an army trying to keep her away from the band at the concert, and she waltzes waltzes yes. right into here. There's no one stopping her from going. Hey, have you heard from my fiance that you do not know? And they're like, well, we'll help you. Why? Yes, what we you know want? your name, Melissa. You're look you're look you're looking for someone. <laughs> but not Kiss. Um, I'm not sure why Kiss stole my love, but I would like it returned. That is I don't know what that song is, but you hear it for five minutes. Uh quick question for all of you. Um what would your magic talisman be? Gina, I ask you first. Um, I think mine would be a, a tiny grilled cheese sandwich. Sure. And uh, the powers would be that you would constantly be ooey and gooey. Is that where we're going? For uh, I think I, maybe, maybe I could like you just like shoot a beam that like melts things. Oh, I like that very much. Uh, Dennis, what say you? Sorry, my uh, my uh, earphones just fall off. What was that? Sorry, say, say that one more time. <laughs> what would your magic talisman be? Sorry. Maybe ears would that be... can hold on to a fucking pair of headphones? I had to mute myself for a second because my my headphones fell off. So, yes, it would be magical headphones uh, that stay <laughs> on my goddamn head. Makes perfect Thank sense. You. All right, Scott, hit me. I Mine would be a hand with, like, a finger pointing somewhere else to distract you. Um, and it would be the power of the Irish goodbye. <laughs> which I'm known for at parties. I love it. I, I, I love don't it. like staying long. And so people just go, where did Berkland go? Oh, he left like an hour ago. Berkland, he died 10 years ago. <laughs> On this very night. <laughs> On this very night. And somehow, somehow a, a portrait of you magically generates on the wall out of nowhere. <laughs> Lightning strike, werewolf howl. Um, <clears throat> no, it makes perfect sense. I guess whatever talisman mine would be would allow me to avoid working on the thing I'm supposed to be working on <laughs> until the last possible second. Oh, dear Lord, um, I need that one as well. Can I yeah, have two? I, will. <laughs> I, th I think I have an endless amount of them, <laughs> if I'm being honest. 
so while Kiss are at this, uh, are performing their second night of the concert, Robo Sam breaks into Kiss Central and attempts to steal the talismans right out from underneath their cool-ass carpeted sunken conversation pit, <laughs> which features a couch whose design is one long curled snake. <laughs> Just a big curled snake, everybody. And uh, the most palm tree art I think I've seen. There's a, the there's a lot of palm trees. What was the movie that we watched that had cactus art in it? That was um, uh, the seduction. She had the the, the like seduction. the like the the fabric cactus sculpture in her house. These are fabric palm trees. So I'm wondering if whoever made the the fabric cacti also made started with palm trees and moved on to cacti because it just it can't. I can't imagine two people having this idea. I feel like water um, beds were looking at this furniture, going, eh, "It's a little too on the nose." <laughs> uh the the wall-to-wall carpeting budget on this movie was, was probably took a good quarter of the funds um also this is where i noticed that robo sam appears to have a, a bit of a problem turning he can't just turn his neck for fear that the, the little little thing will come will pop off his neck so he has to turn his head with both shoulders, which makes it makes him appear like he's a, a, a different type of phantom, like a, a vampire, just like coming around the corner. He's got that uh, he Michael to... Keaton Batman turn going on. Yeah. Yes. Another person imprisoned inside his own costume. Um, but uh, after the concert, um, Melissa comes back to Kiss Central, and this is where we get... The longest version of Beth ever performed. <laughs> they're just they're just hanging out in the, yeah. in the in the in the after hours in the amusement park, just noodling on this song. <laughs> and uh, it, listen, it really brings those lyrics home. Because sorry, Beth, I can't come home. I have to look for this stranger's fiance. I've been locked in this amusement park and I can't get out till tomorrow. So it's at this point that I went, how fucking hard would it have been to name her character Beth? Honestly. I mean, any other movie would have done it. And this movie's so like, easy. We're too good for that. Of all no, the low hanging fruit. <laughs> Just really. It's and it, like, you, he hasn't stolen the talismans. We're stretching this out for so much more longer than it needs to be. And this is where I begin to pine for the subtle plotting of the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> <until it's not. laughs> but once again, how many times do I have to tell him? Gilligan's Island first, <laughs> then, then Harlem Globetrotters. Um, and so when Melissa sees Robo Sam unsuccessfully, uh, steal the talismans she's like oh thank god i found you and she lays one on his lips and she discovers the truth he is just not into her no and what does nope. she do she screams like she's being stabbed because <laughs> <laughs> that would be your reaction to this very passionate man in every circuit we saw him react to that roller coaster he lives for life and now when their lips touch, the feelings are not so much. You would scream too. It's also great uh, that uh, they're like right in the middle of Beth when he tries to take the talisman. Mm -hmm. And it does something 
where like suddenly the they fumble on the guitar neck and yeah. they take a second and kind of look at each other and then go, yeah, fuck it, back to Beth. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> and just start singing yeah. again. Yeah. You're like, you wouldn't think to go check on the talisman or something. If your rock and roll mojo is attached to these fucking talismans, wouldn't that be the first place you check? You'd think. When you cannot complete the delicate instrumentation <laughs> of Beth. <laughs> a, a, a song I could probably play on guitar, but fine, sure, whatever. They go back and they're like, well, I don't think we need to worry about this anymore because the force field around these talismans has always protected them before. We have no prequel as to when people have tried to steal the talismans before. <laughs> Once again, that's we in the novelization. It's all explained. There's all the backstory. <laughs> sure. It's like Star Wars. It's a lived-in world, so you just assume there's a backstory to everything. But it is at this point they're like, listen, something fucking weird is happening. If Sam, if Sam does not get an instant boner for Melissa, this, there has to be a problem at the park. And the only people who can solve it are us in these boots and you with that cape, you come along with us. And it is at this point that Anthony Zerby says my favorite line of his when he says, I may be outnumbered, but I'm not outmanned. Those are synonyms, my man. <laughs> well, sure, those I are the did. Same huh? fucking <laughs> what? That's those are the same. Those words have the same fucking meaning. I may not have enough people, but I don't have enough people. <laughs> <laughs> there may be more folks, but I have more crowds. <laughs> what? what the fuck are you talking oh. about? What, is this, what does any of this mean? And so Ace go to the park. They arrive at the parking lot outside Colossus because that's where you'd go. Yep. They float over the gate yes they jump <laughs> forward them jump. and then sort of drift sideways i, I, I like to really think- looks like he's being hoisted by the most uncomfortable yes. wires on the human on the planet gravity in this film is analogous mm-hmm. of the direction of the film overall <laughs> it was my take <laughs> on it <laughs> things happen because they happen sure some cast members can can jump real high others can float sideways why not and then on the other side of the Colossus ride, they meet the dog police. Yeah. The Were- dog police. Werewolf <laughs> monkey. Are they dogs? Yes. I thought they were like monkeys. Or they're definitely making like primate noises. Yeah, yes, they but they also have dog noses. Yeah, and I, they but they I think they call them monkeys at one point. It's so confusing. And they also have ears and underneath ears they have elfin ears on top and then just below a space in the mask where their own ears can be so they can hear the direction (laughs) and important to note that the whole fight scene once again is set to music that sounds like a cross between starsky and hutch and like an mm. electric company short. <laughs> right. Uh, now, see, yeah. for this scene, I think I watched a version that was the, the version that was released overseas because the, the title card was actually Attack of the Phantom. Oh, at the be- and, and for okay. this scene, for most of the uh, the incidental music is Kiss music. Like for oh, the funny. for this scene, it was uh, the only good song they've done. And that was one of the solo ones was um 
Ace Frehley's cover of New York Groove. Ah, so that actually kind of punched up this ridiculous of the scene a little bit. No, the version we yeah. watched, I was just thinking, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when's Morgan Freeman coming out? <laughs> it's, it's groovy, but you're also learning about concepts. Yeah, exactly. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, and so, I, listen, I faced various challenges in my life, but I don't think I've ever faced anything like trying to describe a fight between Kiss and Robot <laughs> Albino. <laughs> see, 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 this, this movie is secretly a masterpiece. It really is. It kind of, it kind of is. Like you, you can feel like they're trying, they're going for something, and like various executives are huddling up behind the camera, like I don't. I don't think this is going to look very cool. <laughs> and then a small child approaches and says, well, what if you filmed all of this very poorly choreographed karate in slow motion? And the director goes, thank you, tween Zack Snyder. You saved us. <laughs> Fight choreography, courtesy of Billy, age seven. <laughs> <laughs> and so Anthony Zerby is sitting in his phantom chair and he goes, let the dance begin. <laughs> um, I think the dance started, my friend. The, the, this dance has been going on for quite a while. And so they 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 beat off. Take it easy. Take it probably, easy. Hey, now. <laughs> I'm sorry. They they defeat Thank you. Um, the albino ape men, and they wander into a different amphitheater for a different stunt show. Yeah, it's like features. the animal show at Six Flags or yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> Sure. And uh, they are confronted by karate samurai robots. And this soundtrack for, for mine sounded like perhaps Chips season three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And a- this is when you can also tell it's 1978 because Sam is like suddenly he's in his little B-plot world and he's got a laser gun now. And the guys in the arena have laser swords that then turn into real swords, which is very (laughs) unclear how Devereaux is achieving that. It's a bit of a downgrade when you go from like, ha my laser sword. Now, wait a second. This is going to blow you away. We're taking off the lasers. (laughs) That was just just a regular sword. (laughs) Exactly. You get five seconds to utilize that lightsaber and then, you know, (laughs) sorry, I can't help you after that. The, the the problem is the battery life. Yeah, it's so, so it's so short. It's very draining. Yeah, and yeah, the char- yeah, the charger for like twelve hours afterwards. <laughs> it was the late seventies. That was That's the right. uh, technology they had at the time. It was the style at the time. So Sam is trying to zap at the the talismans, which decrease Kiss's power. Yeah, Devereaux gives him some kind of weird laser pistol-y who knows what thing. He looks like he's a Sandman from Logan's Run, pointing <laughs> at him. And Gene's palm disrupt- flower was going off. So, <laughs> oh my God, his palm flower had gone up so much earlier <laughs> than this movie. It becomes very evident when he tries to kick people above the waist. It gets him into um, trouble with Christine sixteen. <laughs> so, um, uh, again watching them cross the suspension bridge in those boots. Oh my God. Without a doubt. So beautiful. The most hilarious fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, I hope the guy playing Frankenstein's monster got paid for each sit up because the (laughs) amount of sit ups that he performs 
is like truly he must have abs of steel. Yeah, no, it's supposed to be like he's an animatronic just doing that same like, you know, he puts his arms out in front of him and sits up. And I I had that same note that I'm like, this just must have been hell on this dude. <laughs> and this is, of course, the, the very famous scene uh, where Ace Freely walked out on film yes. because he had just had enough and was replaced by his stunt person who just happened to be a black man. <laughs> yeah. Um, which <laughs> ask, is us, ask us how we know. <laughs> because when he gets slammed against the wall by a Dracula, um, they just show that guy <laughs> in the ace. <laughs> really yep. And you're like, you're like, okay. okay, that's just out there. Huh? There's one thing I know about Ace Frehley, and that's the shape of his nose, because that's the one thing the, the stars in his eyes really accentuate, and that has changed vastly. Also, his hands have changed into, uh, um, you know, a darker shape. Basically, basically, this is like the scene in Spaceballs where they, they yes. accidentally get their stunt doubles, and it's just like, <laughs> like, like, it's just like Princess Vespa, just like a guy in a dress with a mustache, and I think one of them's a little person now, and just basically like that scene. I wonder if this is why they backed into the lighting in this these uh, scenes in the the torture chamber here. I definitely think they are trying to make this look more scary or more exciting than it actually is. And I'm sure some NBC exec was shaking in his boots looking at this footage and like, I'm a little worried about the action here and the whole rock star angle. I just don't know how this is going to go. And then someone from Hanna-Barbera is like, don't worry. We're going to play high-intensity disco behind this fight (laughs) scene. It'll all smooth out in the edit. It's going to be great, we promise. The NBC guy goes, well, you're going to put in at least one Tarzan yell, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you brought that up. This is... My biggest pet peeve of this time period, Octopussy does it, Return of the Jedi does it. Like, what was their friggin' fascination with Tarzan? I don't get it. It's just the one easy joke that absolutely everyone had to make as if they would have been drummed out of the union if they don't. <laughs> I don't. It was like the Wilhelm scream it. of its time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you wanted to watch members of KISS uh, watch themselves <laughs> across the entire room, but, you know, walk across the room, climb two flights of stairs. Have I got good news for you? Because <laughs> KISS meets the fan of the park has got you covered. Um, and Melissa notices immediately that KISS, when they arrive for their third concert, don't appear to be the same. Because all the men in Melissa's life end up robotic shells yes. of themselves. It's sad, really. But I'm unclear that, on that because she doesn't scream like she's being stabbed. So I'm not really sure what her feelings are on that. At this point, it has to become commonplace because <laughs> how many robotic versions of men you knew are you going to see before you're not screaming, but you're like, maybe Again? it's maybe it's you, Melissa. Maybe it's you. <laughs> Uh, and so Kiss gets up there and they start singing a, a different version of a song they had already released as a single. And it really causes a bad reaction in the crowd, including visible middle fingers, which somehow no one caught. And also visible nips, 
Um, there <laughs> no. are several ladies the who what? are riding on top of shoulders. Do I need to watch this a fourth time? T-shirts. <laughs> this is practically Three's Company level of nips on screen. And uh, apparently NBC viewers were fine with this. Um, if you told me that the glowing object inside the briefcase from Pulp Fiction were the kiss talismans, I would believe you. <laughs> so this is also when we get to the heart of Abner's what what his master scheme is here, which is to, I guess, just tear down Magic Mountain. <laughs> First Magic Mountain and then the Broadway. rest of Valencia. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nearly across the country, but I mean, okay, I, I, I guess you could hit the five. We'll get there with the a positive and... attitude. <laughs> How are they going to get there? Practice, practice, practice. I guess. Yeah. I so know. Abner, apparent, like I guess he's he's supposed to be the person who wrote this version of the Kiss song, which is now yes. rip and destroy. And I guess instead of hotter than hell. Yeah, yeah. and Abner's has the power of words. Now, like if he said that, like if his robotic kiss sings that people will do that, they'll riot is the plot, I guess. Yeah, that's just again. And this happens without, you know, Gene Simmons's star child, you know, hypnosis powers or anything like that. They just respond to this rebranding of a song they know so violently. He knows they'll just tear down Magic Mountain and then. Knott's Berry Farm better watch out. I don't <laughs> That's know. right. What's next? Uh, but before that can happen, uh, Kiss managed to telekinetically get their talismans back. The power was and inside then- Kiss all along, it turns out. <laughs> you, know, you know what, Patrick? You said that you thought that you, know, you, you wouldn't be surprised if the glowing talisman was inside the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. I can yeah. absolutely... I could absolutely imagine Quentin Tarantino saying he was inspired by <laughs> Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Oh, 100%. If he doesn't say that on some episode of the video archives, I will fucking eat a hat. It just at some point, he's going to let it go. He just has to. Um, and so it's hot kiss on kiss action here and everything you ever wanted they you know either they're gonna fight or they're gonna start making out with each other maybe both uh, a side <laughs> butt against a side butt <laughs> you just really get all the aw- most awkward angles of these costumes you possibly could see so much of jeans upper thigh is <laughs> so <visible>. much <laughs> just and how weird it is for those boots to reach up and kick somebody. And Ace Freely just disappears like fucking Nightcrawler a bunch of times. Paul Stanley is goddamn useless yes. until he starts firing lasers out of his eyeballs, which get refracted off of uh, a guitar and back at him. And then Peter Chris kind of meows a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what Peter yeah. Chris does. And before all of this, Abner just leaves the control room. Because yeah, he doesn't want like, to see what he caused or so I, I, oh my God, I don't know what's happening here. I don't know. It's just, he disappears and everyone goes and the robots blow up and the crowd's like, yay. And cut to commercial. And when they come back, they're in Abner's secret lab and they go to turn him around in his chair. And now he old. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. What the? What? They don't explain yeah, that. Yeah, he's not only to, catatonic; he's Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge. At yeah. This point, according like to the according to the Wikipedia page, he is frozen. And I'm like, no, he does not look frozen. No, he looks like he's got gray hair and he's about to order a child to get the biggest turkey from the store. <laughs> like, what do you guys think? Like, I've, I've been puzzling over this. Is Was Abner always that? And like, maybe the Abner we saw was an android or something? Like, I'm, I'm so confused. Oh, that would make a whole hell of a lot more sense. I wish someone had said that aloud there's, there's in the a movie. there's a lot of stuff in this movie that they did not make any effort to establish <laughs> like like the yeah, thing yeah, with I, the talisman and yes. and like yeah. i mean maybe i don't know like i said i don't know much uh, about kiss beyond you know there was maybe, maybe that's part of the kiss lore that that they're there's you know superhumans that are you know that get that gain all their powers from this talent these talisman but you know, for for newcomers to 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 the world of Kiss, they make zero effort to to explain anything. Gina, once again, you have to go back to the scholastic <laughs> novelization <laughs> of Kiss meets the Phantom of the of the Park. It's this was explained. on page ten of the color form sticker book. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's all there. My my kingdom for not a horse but a scholastic reading poster in which a member of different strokes is there with the novelization of kiss meets the fandom of the park <laughs> thumbing through it, telling you how reading is the power or whatever the fuck. That just, just, just redo was. that one where like David Bowie just leaping in the air, like holding a book, but it's kiss meets the fandom of the park. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And we also get the line that really sums up the whole thing, which is he created Kiss to destroy Kiss and he lost. <laughs> yes. That happened. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> I guess I, mean, I guess that I that's a lesson we could all learn from is don't try to destroy Kiss with Kiss. Yes, there, don't create but for kiss the grace of God, him. go we. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I chose that's why I, God's domain. That's why I chose that for my my high school yearbook quote because it's so it's so profound. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> and then the and then the movie just like ends. Yeah, we <laughs> you know what? We ran out the clock, everybody. We'll see. That's right. See Here's some week. still shots. Remember this scene? <laughs> you remember when this happened? Remember the good. And just looking back on the good times. That's right. Oh. A parade of people who were like, "Yeah, we were so much more innocent." Say there. I have to be listed. Remember that canyon group at the beginning? <laughs> were remember, still the, remember, those, remember those human pyramids? That was great. <laughs> remember that weird magic mountain uh, mascot that was just a, a koosh ball uh, that was green and yellow? Yeah, what was that? Got a Trumpy face. There you go. There's that, and that's. That's Kiss Meets the Family. And, 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 and yet it isn't. There's so much more, and, and yet there isn't much more at the same time. Totally. I know. I we are we are very close to reaching longest episode. We are we we are year. longer. We are longer. No one, We're 20 minutes longer than the movie is. Oh, it was so great though, guys. I was so thrilled when you asked Patrick and I or uh, Dennis and I to do this one. Because yeah. oh my god, this thing's spectacular. It really is. <laughs> 
And it's right up our alley for watching horrible things that have been on TV uh, between 1975 and 1996. (laughs) So thank you. Very defined window. Yeah. Um, So listen, we play choose your own death venture, but the only thing you can choose is whether or not you die and become a robot. That's it. Well, can we choose what kind of robot we'd want to be? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Dennis, what robot would you be? Um, let's see here. This is going to be a bit of a stretch, but could I be a revolutionary war soldier dressed up as an ape robot? (laughs) Is that a, is that an option? Can I do that? I mean, anyone could be under that ape costume. You never know. Yeah. I I, could be DB Cooper in there. Who knows? <laughs> so he jumped out of that plane with all that money and he landed in Anthony Zerby's <laughs> secret underground lair and he's like, I'm gonna make you talk a about this, bad luck. This is in the <laughs> afterword of the scholastic novelization <laughs> of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. There's this weird sort of like tangential story. Do, do you guys know who was in that? This was robotic- in the the 45 follow along book, wasn't it, Dennis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it would be a, it would be a Gene Simmons uh, growl and that would tell you how to turn the page. Oh You'll notice yeah. time to turn the page when Gene growls like this. Let's begin now. <laughs> That's an eye laser. Don't turn the page yet. We're just testing you. All right, Scott, what say you? Oh my, I think I'd have to go with the uh, Edgar Winner uh, werewolf apes. Uh, they seem oh, pretty cool. Yeah. They do seem pretty cool. Gina, what about you? I want to be my own creation. I would like to be a lovable hobo clown that wanders around the park and just bothers people. (laughs) You know, I I walk up to him, kind of do the the, the little smile, the little sad face, and point to my tummy to kind of indicate I'm very hungry. Please give me food and or money. Gina, there's already a phrase for that. It's called... Season pass holes. Called out. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, what am I going to choose? I'm gonna choose to be robotic Peter Chris because no one expects much of robot <laughs> yes, you just, just do you sit around and listlessly sing a, a love ballad to the the wife you can't go home to because you're too busy boning groupies. <laughs> Just making robotic calls to my robotic wife. Coming, we haven't done shit yet. Well, uh, Beth, what can I, I do? do? You probably what got somebody like, overdubbing you, so like the workload <laughs> is light. You know. Yeah, doesn't matter what I sound like. I could have a cold. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. I, the, um, the best excuse ever is just we can't find the sound. You know, we're, we're trying. <laughs> you know? We just can't find it. <laughs> It's just not there. Uh, we got to keep going because we got to pr- put you know, out that, two that, albums That sound a year. is important. So, <laughs> so um, I'm sorry that you made turkey burgers, but I'm not going to be helpful. <laughs> All right, guys, where can people find more uh, about you and your show? Um, I don't know. So our compatriot, Jeff Griffith, <laughs> he puts stuff on social media. He has um, uh, my face. Is that a thing? He puts he puts up uh, clips of us on my face. Yeah, he's, and, you'd uh, search it on AltaVista.com. Twitter. It's, it's all there. Um, <laughs> Ask Jeeves, you'll find it. Instagram. <laughs> and things I'm like sure that. I'm sure there's a Friendster page for you at some point. I would, yeah. I would the, go to the, Apple Podcasts and check out Inside the Idiot Box. Uh, we just started... <laughs> we, we started... Um, 
releasing season three that we started recording back in 2021, I think. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a we're, we're, We had to get around to it. It took us some, some time, but uh, yeah. I'm sure the very topical references are aging <laughs> like fine wine. There is some yeah. gold in there. If you want to know more about Sam, uh, listen to the Arc 2 episode for all your uh, skin beard, uh, skin <laughs> face needs. Skin face? Whatever uh, we call Gina, where can, Gina, where can people find you when these here in it? I write about television and movies at theschool.net. I have my own newsletter, GinaWatchesThings.substack.com. And I am on most social media under Gina Does Things. Do it today, people. Check it out. Josh Hollis does our artwork. Uh, go to Revenge Body Memphis at bandcamp.com for uh, this tune and all our remixes. Go to our Patreon for bonus content. We got a T Public store. We're on most socials with the exception of Twitter. Fuck that place. And <laughs> that just about does it. When we come back next month, it's uh, Kill by Kill After Dark for all of February. Uh, we're going to get romantic with it and see where that takes us. <laughs> so all our romantic horror movies are going to be featured. Uh, we're going to have some fun guests. We're going to do some very goofy movies. Uh, we have strayed very far from the tenets of what this podcast is about, and we don't care. We're going to destroy it and build it back up again. And so for myself and Gina and Scott and Dennis, the body count will continue. Bye-bye, everybody. Rock and roll all night party every day. <laughs> <laughs>